Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Kedoshim Shani, the second Aliyah in Parshas Kedoshim. It is a short Aliyah, and our Aliyah has a number of very important mitzvahs. Our Aliyah runs from Perikyotes Tes Vov to Choth Beis. It is eight Psukim long. Um, let's take a look at the list of uh, mitzvahs which appear in our Aliyah, and then take a, a, a more in-depth look at one or two of them. So we hear about a number of mitzvahs. The first is not to pervert justice. And this would mean to say, this includes, as the Sefer HaChinuch points out, the requirement of patience in a court proceeding, consultation with those who are senior in order to be able to make sure that the case goes smoothly, and also finding compromise. Um, not just trying to beat one person down into submission, which doesn't always work um, as well. The next mitzvah is not to honor great people in justice. Um, don't, out of pity, give a person a, the, the, a, a, a good ruling and don't reflect and don't reflect on a person who is very important and say, how could I go against them? Because then in a certain sense, the court has become the vehicle for your sense of emotion. You don't want an emotional um, judgment. You want a correct judgment. And that's what the Torah is teaching us over here. And then we also said a judge, the next mitzvah is a judge needs to judge um, with righteousness, but and that is, um, is, it means to say that the judge needs to hear both sides at the same time. Oftentimes, one person wants to present their case, and then the judge is already already con, uh, concludes or is already um, um, empathetic to one side over the other side. That is not all right. The judge has to hear both sides, giving enough time to the to one and the other, because if the person feels that the judge is not on their side, they won't say the full amount of the full story. They're not able to say the full story. The judge will not be judging correctly. We also say the important idea: should not be a tail bearer. Very important, um, very important halach over here. I, the tales are true. That's still why it's aser. It's still prohibited. Literally, it's a literally a person who goes around almost trading. Their currency is stories. You know, the kind of person who walks into the room and always spreads the most, you know, recent somber news about something that's just happened. You know, somebody was just killed in such and such a place or such and such a tragedy just happened. The, 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 you know, or, or on the more whimsical side, just the person who's, always talking about other people or that on their currency is other people's news. That is a, a biblical prohibition. Um, then the, the next one is, is not to be a bystander. Well, that means to say that a person is expected to risk money or, or money and, and life even to, to protect others as well. Not to, um, then there's not to hate your brother in your heart, rather rebuke them. That means to say that the antidote to the, the, the hate in the heart is rebuke. Don't sit there um, gro- uh, um, uh, thinking about the other person and um, brooding and hating them. Talk to them about it. And also, it needs to be done carefully in a way that one doesn't embarrass them, which is the next mitzvah. But it's also an expression of concern for the person. The next mitzvah is not to embarrass the person and then not to take revenge or bear a grudge. That's before or afterwards. And the Serachinach points out that this is to remember that Hashem is in charge of the world. So if something bad comes my way, I'm not going to blame the messenger all day long. That person's going to have their own account to settle with God. But in the end of the day, it's actually about what Hashem wants to send my way. And so I'm going to have to square with that. I'm going to have to deal with that rather than dealing with uh, hash, um, dealing with the way I think it should go. Um, there, there's also Mitzvah of the very famous rule in the Torah, to love your friend as yourself. Um, and then there's the Mitzvah of not crossbreeding animals, not crossbreeding things in the field, which the Chesar reminds us is about there are certain channels of energy in the world, and it's important not to cross those channels of energy. And finally, a Shivcha Charufa which is um, a very interesting discussion over here about a betrothed maidservant in a sort of, we'll call this 
gray zone of existence halachically and then uh, in a betrothal she has a relationship with a man the punishment that's that's meted out for both of them um in in this circumstance so a few basics that we're going to just look at in, in our aliyah is um the very important mitzvah of to love your friend as yourself which is a very important rule in Torah so important that Rabbi Akiva himself says this is a great rule in Torah now part of the problem with that rule is is that Rabbi Akiva was the one who said this is the rule but ultimately all his students as we know not all but a vast majority of his students perished because they didn't respect one another so how could Rabbi Akiva's great rule be wouldn't it be sad that if his 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 bumper sticker his mission statement was what his students clearly did not get from him so there's a few some basic answers we could look at one is as it could be that this is his mission statement post the disaster he was able to see that what was lacking in the education process was loving one like one oneself and that was how what he learned from the experience of this tremendous loss so far from Mirabe Kiva so to speak um, missing the boat in fact it was this moment in life that was his greatest calling the greatest crucible which is a very profound way of looking at it another perspective um it might be over here is that perhaps because Rekiva's t- teaching was the focus on loving one like an uh, like one one's one's friend like oneself that's why they were judged more severely on because this was his unique teaching however there's a third possibility and this is what the Shemishmol raises and i think it's a very distinct idea which is that there's a difference between love and respect what the 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 sin that the people in the students of Rekiva um uh, failed at was should I know they did not respect each other that's not the same as love love and respect are sometimes confused but they're not actually the same thing in fact what happens is that I love what is like me I love what is similar so when I when I there's somebody in my life I love I'm seeing in a certain sense the things about myself which are reflected in them and I love those aspects of them we share so many things in common we share so many interests we share so, so, so many values in common but then there's respect respect comes into play where it's not the same you do something a little bit differently you have a different perspective you do, you you aren't um, interested in that you aren't triggered by that and when those differences come up that's not love anymore that's respect I respect the fact that we're different love is about similarity respect is about dissimilarity and sometimes when you when you you want to love somebody and there's too much love then in a certain sense you want them to conform to your way of doing things but that doesn't give race space for uh, for respect so perhaps Rabbi Akiva's statement of is love one's friend like oneself was in fact the cause of the fact that there was no not enough respect because the focus was too much on the love not enough on the respect and that was what happened that was the the missing link over here Another point we can focus on is that very famously um, we know that the, the that in Shabbos Daf Lamed Aleph when Aleph there's a famous prospective convert to Judaism who comes in front of Hillel Hazakain and he asks well he comes in front of Shammai first and says can you um, convert me on 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 condition that you teach me the entire Torah standing on one foot and he, uh, Shammai pushes him away. Hillel uh, actually says the golden rule anything that is hateful upon yourself don't do unto your friend and most people assume that this is the same as Rebecca Kiva but it's not quite it's actually a negative reflection of Rebecca Kiva said so why is Hillel changing that if Rebecca Kiva who um, who who uh, who has who is actually still to live that um, focused on a pasuk in the Torah which is a very clear pasuk then surely Hillel should just quote that pasuk and then and then and then uh, use that why does he have to create his own formulation of it so it's interesting 
that uh, part of the reason is uh, that Kedush Yarim suggests is that the the idea of not doing unto another person what you don't want done do done unto, unto yourself, which is the golden rule, is actually an idea which is a non-Jewish idea. Um, it, it, it appears in the Gospel of Matthew and in Tobit. And, um, it, it, Philo and Alexandria talks about this. We, we, this is an idea which is not uh, Plato, Aristocles, uh, Aristotle, um, Seneca. These were ideas which were in the non-Jewish world as the golden rule, sort of live and let live, don't don't uh, hurt anybody you wouldn't want to hurt in the same way that you wouldn't want to be hurt yourself. And that's, in a certain sense, what Hillel was saying. The reason why he says this is because he was talking to a non-Jew. And to he needed to take the rule of the Torah, which was much beyond that, and transcribe it into the world that he was talking to. And this was a non-Jew who was listening at this point in time. And so he, he says, you know, is it possible to have to uh, to have good marriages, wonderful neighborhoods and exemplary states without the, in the non-Jewish world? Yes, that's the, the Hashem expected that of the world. But that deep sense of connection that every Jew has with another, another Jew, that is something unique to Judaism. Um, and th- th- that's why Jews uh, feel the pain of other Jews around the world, even though they have no connection, no nothing in common, no political ideologies or cultural connections or languages in common. Yet they feel the same. That's after That's only part of the club, and that's what was th- that's what Hillel was translating. The main rule is after Kamacha, but it was, it was translated downwards as well. Now, the one last question to to focus on over here is that. Um, it, it is interesting that this pasuk, which Hillel is really referring to, which is from Aralia, seems to be, it's funny to say that that's the entire Torah, because it seems to eclipse a very significant part of the Torah. There's three dimensions of Torah. There's Torah, which is Ben Adam Lamakom, which is ritual between myself and my Creator. There's Ben Adam Lachaber, between a person and their friend, which is social. And then, there's inter- and, and, then, and then there is ethical or character, which is Ben Adam Lachaber, between a person and themselves. Now, you could argue is, is social and perhaps character, but it certainly is not ritual. It doesn't have anything to do with God. So why is that? Why would Hillel, in a certain sense, pull the wool over the eyes of this prospective convert when he's not telling him, he hasn't explained Shabbos, he hasn't explained Shmita, he hasn't explained Shatnez. All these other mitzvahs are not Ben Adam Lechavera. They are not social mitzvahs. These are ritual mitzvahs. So Hillel, in a certain sense, is... is is selling him something which he doesn't know what he's in for. So how could this work? How does this really work? Um, what is what is what is Hillel really trying to say over here? So there's a number of different explanations of this. Um, to to this is that Rashi on the Gemara in Shabbos over there says Lereachat, your friend. It refers to actually Hashem. Hashem is the Rea. So that means that we need to love everybody around us as ourselves and Hashem as well. So it's meant to be. I will call it on the vertical and horizontal plane um, in terms of the relationships as well. Um, there are other ideas over here, which is, and the Meshach Chochma has a very, very beautiful essay on this Pasuk, and he talks about how God in general in the world is found in harmony, not in sophistication, but in harmony. If you look at any, 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 any system, whether it be seasonal or intergalactic um, or, or any basic ecosystem, God is found in the, the har- harmony which is found within that ecosystem, that every part of it contributes a natural element. And any time that we interrupt the, those ecosystems, whether it be that a person takes a medication, and yes, maybe for good reasons, but you're interrupting that natural ecosystem, there are side effects. And when you go into the environment around us and we, for whatever reason, we take too much of this or we remove something of that, then ultimately the ecosystem is damaged and there's going to be ramifications of it. So human beings, human beings interrupt those ecosystems. God is found in that harmony. So the Meshachachma says, if that's the case, that God is found in harmony in the world, 
then the prescription for harmony, the ultimate harmony of God to be found in the world, is when human beings can also create harmony between them. And that's why it's Kamoicha, love your friend like yourself, Ani Hashem. I am God. I am found, it says God, in the harmony of human beings. When human beings are willing to bite their tongue, they're willing not to say what comes to their mind at first. They're not willing to viscerally reflect and bite back when a person when a person's insulted. When a person is able to do that and create a society which is in harmony, which is very, very, very hard to do. That's when Ani Hashem, and ultimately, therefore, the social leads to the ritual. The social leads to Hashem's presence among us. With this, we conclude the second Aliyah in Kedoshim. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.